Okay, ladies and gents, it's been too long. It's your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle, sports jerks edition from the car or maybe the truck. JJ, Jeremy Johnson on the West Coast. Jeremy, first of all, top of the evening to you. How are you? Top of the evening to you. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Just settling into the beginnings of seasonal effectiveness, depression. Yes. Today was the first uh, day. And, or yesterday uh, was the first day, but whatever. Let's feel it out. Yeah. Yeah, today was the, uh, you know, so I moved back north um, right, you know, north. towards the end of a very mild winter last year. And then, of course, the pandemic started. So who gives a shit? <laughs> and uh, today was the first reminder of, oh, but I was dreading. November 2nd, 27 degrees, wind whipping in my face, dark at 447. So here we are, face-to-face, a couple of silver spoons. Found it. Yeah, there we go. Peak 2020, level 11, welcome. Murder hornets are back in the headlines. And oh yeah, there's an election tomorrow, but I want to talk about none of that as much as I'd love to. No theme song, Patriots Monday. Patriots are now two and five. Is that even the right record? I think it is. Two and five. Lots of the bills. Lots to talk about. Lots to unpack. A lot of outlandish things. So, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll kick it to you while I grab my notes. Where do you want to start with the 2020 Patriots? Let's go with that. Where do you want to start? How many, uh, many must-wins can you lose? <laughs> how many how many must wins can you lose until it no longer matters? <laughs> I think we just got there. In kind of ex- excruciating uh, fashion, too. Um, other than one of the losses, the the other games were like we're just all, we're almost there, you know. Like, but I, you know what is really bumming me out, Gav? And you might about to be uh, you know morphing into one of these people for the pod, but we need to take a step. Back. Okay. As Patriot fans and as football fans, and shut up. Mm. All right. Okay. We so the podcast won. is over. Everybody have a good night. Twenty years. Yeah, that's the end of our podcast. We've won for twenty years. We've been to nine Super Bowls. Okay. Totally. They've been playing a high wire act for like five years. Yeah. Where you know you're up against you got you got you got BS. Uh, draft picks have been taken away. You've got um, salary cap issues. You got people that have retired. You're still on the books. You've got you've got guys that have like sucked, and there were a lot of draft capital was spent on them. You got one bad draft after another. Uh, the last year, the twelve and four was a mirage because they were well, they were eight, they were eight no they were eight no and then they went four, yeah, but yeah they had the weakest schedule in football. And they were, you know, they were the worst A&O team. And then they showed their true colors by the end. They don't have, what do they do well? One thing, what do they do well? They defend the pass pretty well, but their uh, run defense and their pass rush has been decimated by free agents that have left to go make more money somewhere else. And uh, COVID um, guys who decided to, you know, opt out of the season. So the strength of the team was supposed to be, the defense, and then one of the 14 running backs they have was going to step up and lead uh, a running back room to be a good, strong running team. Sure. Um, what is the strength of the New England Patriots is their ability to out-prepare everybody and coach up the Jags and turn them into good players that they can go make more money somewhere else and not be quite as good. Right. And 
They didn't get a, a proper offseason. They didn't get a proper um, training camp. They didn't get joint practices that we always hear about how much they gain out of that competition. They didn't prepare for preseason games. They didn't really get their quarterback until like two-thirds of the way through the preseason. Right. And so all of their strengths, all of their perceived strengths going into the season and all the historical strengths that we're used to, including TV, um, are not in place anymore. So sure. we need to rewrap our expectations yeah. around reality here. Well, it took, it took, it took a, a 100-year pandemic, plus everything you just said, to get us to a point. So to your point, we should be pretty grateful for that. Secondarily... We've had pundits on the show, yourself included, who have argued that it was okay for the Red Sox to hit the reset button. I'm actually more okay with the Patriots getting a chance to hit the reset button during a pandemic in everything you just said. Like, I'm not upset. That's why. Let's go, let's go back six weeks when they lost to the Seahawks and you and I last got on the pod doing some sports jerks. We were excited about a loss because we were excited because we didn't know. Okay, now we know. They're not. If they make the playoffs somehow miraculously, they're not going to survive in advance. But that's okay because the season might not either. The season might not survive in advance either. So I'll take it. Like this is the reset we've been putting off for 15 years. Totally okay yeah. with it. And we we've reset on the fly, which then makes the eventual real reset even worse. Right. Right. Like, right. You eventually have to pay the piper, and if you don't draft well. Well, that's and the only way you don't. Put right. all your, your eggs in the veteran free agent baskets. Right. And, like, the, the sheer luck of, you know, turning a, a, a Kent State quarterback into a, you know, a borderline Hall of Fame argument wide receiver or a six-round draft pick into, you know, minimum the top two quarterback of all time. Uh, you know, like, it's there's a certain point or you know, drafting Rob Gronkowski at all and knowing that, you know, he was going to be the best tight end to play since maybe Mark Bavaro. Sure. Like, you eventually have to have more than Jimmy's and Joe's and the cupboard is bare and I'm tired already of hearing people talk about this as some referendum on Brady versus Belichick and Brady is doing so good in New England and Bill is 2-5 and five without Tom. I mean, Shut up. Well, let's 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 break that down because I actually texted Tom him. Tom would not be doing better with these guys. Who's he going to throw the ball to? Right. At best, in every at best, the Patriots probably win that Broncos game, and they probably win yesterday because the Bills actually, to quote Clubber Lang, aka Mister T from Rocky Three, paper champion Balboa, the Bills <laughs> still stink. The Patriots just stink worse. And that's okay. But Tom Brady might have won yesterday, and they might have beat Denver. They still would have. They still would have lost. Well, actually, Kansas City would have gotten up for that game because they only play hard when they have to. So they would have still won that game. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't think I don't think Brady actually does better than Cam in the Seattle game because Cam was lights out in the Seattle game. Played really good again, uh, good enough against Oakland. I think the Patriots are four and three tops with Brady. By the way, he left town not just because they weren't going to pay him. But because, to your point, who was he going to throw it to? And by the way, I want to go back to one thing. All these draft picks that didn't pan out at receiver, was it that they all were terrible? Or was it that Tom was just too too damn fickle to, to develop anybody, which forced them? 
to always be in winner now mode or putting off the rebuild. And I'm not blaming it on Tom. I'm not trying to be zag that hard. But guys, they'd be they'd be four and three going nowhere, and we'd be saying it's over instead of oh, Bill's over. Tom might make it through this season, but listen, look up Brett Favre from nine years ago. Watch how that went and how quickly it went the way it went. Period. End of story. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for Tom. Like. In fact, I'm even more happy for him now that he's on an FU tour. Yeah, good for him. Because it's it's more compelling. And totally. he's got like Antonio Brown living in his house. I mean, like this is this yeah. is interesting stuff. But yeah. like I'm excited to watch tonight's game. problem been? Cam's biggest problem also Cam got COVID. True. Name one athlete that's gotten COVID that is at um, normal performance levels already. Yeah, two weeks later. I mean, listen. Ezekiel Elliott had COVID. He sucked all year still. Well, and yeah. all these guys claim they're um, you know, oh they're they're you know, they're asymptomatic, they're asymptomatic. Bull, okay? We're all asymptomatic until the symptoms set in, but it gets announced because these guys get tested every day, it gets announced when they're still asymptomatic. Right, but, but it's but yeah, but COVID still takes a toll. The other thing, let's face the facts, there are more and more cases. I think this week there's like five teams with COVID. Like there's a pretty good chance two weeks from now, there's 10 teams with COVID. There's a pretty good chance by Thanksgiving, half the league has COVID. This season still might not end, and nobody wants to admit it. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think the NFL is just going to keep doing NFL things and just pull forward. Oh, no question. Consequences to be damned. But and it's not I a real think, season. Like it's, it's. I think the idea of it actually like being canceled or like this just ending mid-season. It's just, it's not going to happen. These, the owners don't care about the players. That's been established for Correct. decades. They'll, they'll find a way. But but I think that if you're going to pick a year to go all in the tank, and that gets me to my next point, this is absolutely the year. So Bill has always been really good at playing the long game, right? And so, listen, what I'm about to say, I don't think they're going to do or they're bad enough to pull off. But they're the only team left with two wins that gets the Jets twice. So you can look at it and say, well, we're going to win at least four, maybe go six and ten, seven and nine. Or you can go tank a palooza, dare the Jets to beat you twice, lose them a tiebreaker, and get the number one pick. Like, why not? That's, a, that's a better story than going six and ten. I just don't see there's too many veterans on the team. Oh, I don't think they're going to do it, but they, they mathematically could, and that would be an absolute FU move to the Jets. It would be it would be epic. I just can't see, you know, a 70-year-old Bill Belichick, like, being like, ah, let's just wipe it. But, you know, he's standing by his man with Cam, and when and if Cam is replaced, I guess... The reason why Brady would be doing better with this cast of characters than Cam at this point Continuity. would be because like Cam's biggest problems right now are mental. Right, and Brady's that's where Brady's still Brady showing. knows the entire team, franchise, roster, playbook, twenty years ago playbook. He knows every playbook right. for all the teams. He's comfortable there, he knows where to park, he doesn't have to bring up the stadium on Google Maps, like Right. But, and that, that continuity buys you a couple of wins, absolutely. Especially the mental. You can skip some practices. You can you can miss a week, two weeks of practice. You can miss a training camp. You can miss an OTA. 
you can miss four preseason games and you don't have to worry about whether your quarterback knows the playbook or not. I think what's happened here, Gavin, we need to, again, we need to step back and we need to recognize that most of the league deals with this crap every few seasons, and those are the good teams. Okay? Yeah, look at the Steelers, the the pinnacle of, you know, they're 7-0, and everybody's acting like they didn't miss the playoffs like three of the last four years, something like that. Right. The, the mighty Steelers get to suck 60% of the time. The Patriots get to stink for a year, and they don't even stink. They're just not good enough to win without playing perfect, and they don't have the personnel to play perfect, and they don't have the time to prepare to play perfect. Alliteration they came aside. Out in week one and week two playing high school football. The right. best athlete on the offense is the quarterback. They're, you know, running the ball 37 different ways, and then they, and everybody in the league is like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So they come out against what turns out to be a historically bad Seattle defense. Right. They start chucking the ball all over the yard. And then it's like, oh, wow. Okay. That's oh, we're, oh, we're good. <laughs> but now that the league is adjusted to their limited playbook and their sure. limited talent, they you go to like, so you go to change the game plan and evolve the game plan a little bit. And A, these guys can't get open unless you scheme them open with rubs and, and picks and like all sorts of trick plays and everything. You can't just go out there and run a seam or run a deep go because they're going to be covered. And then you got a quarterback that doesn't know the playbook inside and out. And when he does do the right progression, he's like, covered, covered. Maybe I should run. Oh, I got sacked. Sure. That's it. Here's your, here's your play. And then everyone's like, man, Cam looks terrible. Cam looks lost. Yeah, yeah. well, go back and look at his first read. He's covered. Go look at his second read. He's covered. There's no one to throw the ball to, man. Like, how are you supposed to quarterback a team when you're throwing the, the wrong Izzo and, <laughs> like, Three guys, two guys you've never heard of. Julian Edelman's on one leg, and now he's probably out for the season. Um, we're, we got to turn our lonely eyes to Jacoby Myers, and, and Patriot fans are like, oh, Jacoby Myers, oh, Jacoby Myers is great. He's great. No, he's not great. He sucks. He wouldn't even be starting at wide receiver for, you know, 27 teams in the league. And now he's our, like, best receiver. We're talking about Ghana. I mean, like, go hang out with your kids, skip the game, rake the leaves, Stop acting like the Patriots owe you anything. Like it, we are spoiled. Okay, totally. This is just this is just part of it. I got a text from a friend. He's like, uh, "Now this is what the Lions feel like." I'm like, "The Lions fans that I know would kill to be bad one season and, and have everybody talking about them as like, oh wow, these guys have fallen off. The Lions suck every year." Right. A good a good Lions year ends before the playoffs. Yeah, like, and a great one ends in the first round of the playoffs. Right, it's not even close. So let me ask you this: like, let, let's let's move up. let's move forward. Let's talk about exciting things. I mean, you got rumors. Not that I want them, but Jimmy G is going to be back on the market. <laughs> so that's amazing. Um, well, not that I think the Patriots should go give Jimmy G twenty million dollars to play one out of five games a year. But where do the Patriots go next? Do they go to the Tyrod Taylor heap? Do they go uh, the James I mean, Winston heap? Because guess what? The reason Bill's not going to Cam, sorry, not going away from Cam, is because we already saw Hoyer. Hoyer needs to start coaching next year immediately. He's no longer effective. He's been exposed as not a valuable, not a valid backup. And Stiddy, who we were pretending was going to help us, if he could help us, he'd already be helping us. Bill wants to protect him 
so much so we can get like a fifth rounder for Stiddy because Stiddy ain't it either. So where do we go from here? What do you want to see? Not well, not this I, year, of course. Next year. I think you know you say the Tyrod Taylor route. I don't hate it. What do you What do you think Cam Newton's going to be at the end of the season if it continues along these lines? He's going to be the Tyrod Taylor route. He's already on the team. He'll probably even make less money. Like it may just be like, hey, you're two years. Forty million bucks, Cam. Well, continuity wise, why not? You, you, you've already had your tough year with him, right? Um, you can, and if you if you time the contract right, then you can avoid a Brady Garoppolo awkward transition thing. Look, I don't even know about uh, Trevor Lawrence. Look, he may be he may be sliced bread. He may be Peyton Manning and Tom Brady all, all mixed together with a guy that can move his feet too. But you can get. I mean, how many quarterbacks a year come out? that aren't first-round number one overall draft picks. Oh, most of There's them. There's viable quarterbacks every year. One, two, three a year. Quarterback that play. are being drafted. Yes, I totally agree. So, like, we don't really have to go that route. We can just kind of shotgun at, like, quarterbacks. You can, you can throw some money at Cam. You can get a little bit of continuity. Maybe you get... You just do one thing well from here on out. Like... We, like, Damian Harris is a breath of fresh air. Yeah. He looked like he didn't know that you're supposed to fall down and get tackled after three yards. Like, Sony Michelle clearly has not been coaching him up well. <laughs> like, Sony sucks, all right? And, and Akil Harry, he sucks. I mean, it's unfortunate he got hurt. He missed all his prep time. It's really his rookie season. There's all these qualifiers. But, like, I watch a guy. He can't get open. He looks like he's running the wrong route half the time. You can't work with that. It's a big problem. And he's supposed to be this big physical Anquan Bolden-esque BU for the contested ball guy. And I don't see any of that. I haven't seen that. I saw it once on the sideline this season where I was like, there we go. And that was one time. So that's cool. Um, Jules is done. And God bless him. Yeah. Got a hell of a bless Julian Elman, but he's not I mean, he's, he's he looks he looks like I feel, okay? <laughs> And maybe Jacoby Myers turns into a decent, like, you know, three, four receiver. But, like, this team needs – they need some time. They need some professionals. They need some rookies. They need life again. And they need to reinvent themselves. And I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to trade Gilmore, but that's trading from a position of strength. Last year's Defensive Player of the Year, they've got a lot of DBs that can play the game. You trade him. You get some assets or a player – and you start to reinvent the team like they did, you know, on the fly over and over again. We had the, you know, you remember the first team was all like the veterans that played defense. And like, right. then it became the, the juggernaut, the 0304 guys. And then the super juggernaut that didn't quite seal the deal. And then it was like on to like the Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski, you know, after yep. we, of course, skipping over the Rache Caldwell era. But the team has evolved repeatedly throughout the years. It looks like. Bill's got a framework in mind for what he wants the team to be. Power running, fullback, tight end, a lot of defensive backs, good up front. Go out there and see if you can run with the Chiefs, which they demonstrated that they can. I don't know. I mean, the the framework, the mental framework is in place, but the, the players, they're all Jimmys and Joes, man. They, Right, they're not good. I mean, and that's the the biggest thing. And you 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 hit it earlier, but let's hit it again. Several really good players from last year's defense opted out. 
and that's okay. But the point is, this defense actually is not bad. I know people have said, well, they've gotten pushed around. Okay, but the the Broncos still scored 18 points. I know that they ran all over them until it came time to score a touchdown, and they couldn't do it. And that's with all the backups, like you said, the Jimmys and Joes. So you got to think some of those guys are going to come back. The cap space is going to be fantastic. And no matter what you do a quarterback, you're going to have better weapons. Um, and frankly, people are going to – listen, one of the best things I think that happened to the Patriots in the early going, 2002 was the year after the first Super Bowl, and they did go whatever it was, 10-6, and 9-7, and seven, but didn't make the playoffs. But the bottom line was people slept on them. It pissed off Brady. It pissed everybody off. They realized how hard it is to be champs, and then they took it to another level. So does going you know 6-10 and 10 do that for this year's team? Who cares? But Bill Belichick's first year, 5-11. and 11. Tom Brady was the fourth-string quarterback on that team. It turned out pretty okay. It's just so irritating because everybody's so... Everybody wants everything to be binary. They never sure. look at the reasons. They, it's like hardo... All this hardo talk radio and hardo hot take world is like permeated everything about our society. And it just... When people... And I'm talking to you, Patriots fans... When you start down that hard path, you expose yourself as someone that doesn't know anything about the game of football. You're a pink hat. And this is why people who like know the game of football and are analysts and journalists and former players and stuff, they if you ever were able to corner one of them and tell them your opinions on what the Patriots are doing, first of all, hopefully you feel stupid when you open your mouth and you get four words out. Second of all, you just watch them swallow their tongue and roll their eyes back in their head. Because <laughs> it's just too simple. It's too basic. There are reasons. Like... We talk about how they got run, you know, the, the Broncos ran all over them, and then the Patriots tightened up and they gave up six field goals. That's by design. Right. Like, you, you you're supposed to things. score more than 18 points. If you score 19 you're, points, you win the game. You're supposed to win touch. You're supposed to score touchdowns. Right. But you're also like saying, like, look, these guys throw a lot of interceptions. Let's make them run a million plays. Let's show them something that's going to make them keep running plays. Right. Keep running plays because we believe that this team is going to choke on themselves a little bit, and we're going to get the ball back. And what do you know? What almost happened? They go out there and throw up on themselves and throw two interceptions at the end of the game. Right. And nearly let us win that game. Well, and it happened again last night. It happened again in Buffalo. This mighty Buffalo. I mean, again, I, I didn't come on here thinking I was going to start murdering the Bills. But if that's the best you got with Jared Allen, who I've had on my fantasy team before and is a nice little guy to have, you're not going to get there. Two is better than you. Uh, friggin' the other guy's better than you. I mean, like, they're, they're, they're never going to get there. They're never going to get there. So, good job, Bills. Congrats on winning a game in an empty stadium where you had to have it. And a 2-5 and five team almost beat you, if not from a fumble, from a guy with COVID. Who nearly, again, you know, we're in this space... Now we're talking about how we almost won. But, I mean, they were spinning their wheels. I could get no traction. Like, I'm watching this guy, and he's like, he's trying to pull his own head out of his rear end. He's trying to drag this team over the first down marker using his limited tool chest in terms of a playbook and, like, schemes that work. And he finally, they finally start to get up on their horse and start moving the ball, and you start saying, like, oh, you know, we can build on this, like losers say. Right. And then 
he, he like he's he finds a little seam and he's making a move and then in so far Patriots twenty twenty fashion he gets a ball punched out from behind or he gets stopped on the one or he throws the interception yeah, like it's, they're it's, just it's just it's short. really hard to win football games in a, in any league it's really hard to win it's easier to cover by the way they covered. Right, 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 right. It's easier to come close. It's easier to almost win. It's really easy to do. That's why Bill is always talking about situational football. Played for 60 minutes, and they always, like, they practice the red zone on offense and defense. For most of their practices, they are working on red zone offense, defense. Like, that is, like, the bulk of their practice time. That's why they run up hills. That's why they, like, it's for these moments. And all the things that the Patriots are supposed to be good at and that the Patriots historically have been like blowing our mind with how good they are, they haven't gotten a chance to do much of that because you need to prepare. Sure. Like, this isn't flag football in the park with a bunch of guys that think that they're good, man. This is like... No, it's the real deal. It's the highest level. It's the highest level. But also, the like this team last year, to your point, 2019... They were exposed in the back half of the season. The offense wasn't wasn't there anymore, and the defense was was really legit overall. But at the end of the day, you've got some really great teams in the AFC, and you have to retool. So even if you threw Tommy Boy out there one more time this year, you were gonna go. You're gonna have a repeat of last year, getting bounced early or not even getting a home game against the Titans, who were on their way up last year. That's the best case scenario for this year's team with Tom Brady. So don't worry about the Tom and Bill thing. I also think you got to wait five more years on that. You really do. You got to wait five more years on that. And I don't care who wins. They both brought incredible joy to my entire adult life. We've talked about this yeah. in the past. We were 21 when they won the first one. We were 41 when they won the sixth one. It was the best adulthood ever as a football fan, especially where they were when we were kids. I don't have a bad word to say about either one of those two guys. But back to your point doesn't have to be binary. They can both be successful. They can both stink. The truth is they're probably both not going to win a Super Bowl because of just the problem. Both pro- things pro- can be true. Yeah, the probability of it. But but Tom's having a great year. He's playing tonight. I hope he wins. I hope it's great. I hope it's amazing. I, I wish him all the best in the world unless he's playing the Pats. And if- I'm also kind of happy that I don't have to listen to Tom Brady every week anymore. Well, right. We like, the- yeah. I- I'm enjoying not being in his headspace as often as I am. Like It's okay. <laughs> We don't have to define this because here's a hot take for you. We're not going to. Right. In five, ten years, we're not going to be talking about whether it's Bill, whether it's Tom. We're going to be talking about how these were the good old days. We're going to be talk- It's all going to be roses. You don't. Nobody talks about Michael Jordan on the Wizards. Right. Okay, even if Tom wins with the Bucks, like in football, like teams have down years. But when you take the best coach of all time and the best quarterback of all time, you can, I guess. String together 20 years of relevancy, even though we both know there was a bunch of teams in there that were not that good. That no, they I mean, think about it. Pull it together. Right. The, the, the Roche Caldwell team, like you talked about, they should have gone to the Super Bowl and played the Bears. They went for third and whatever. They didn't get it. They had to do it. Peyton Manning was on like a juggernaut team at home in the RCA Dome, whatever it was called back then. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And they, they made the final four. Last year, as badly as they played in that game, first half, they're going into halftime. I think they were up or maybe down three points to to a Titans team that then knocked off the Ravens going away the next week. 
Um, the team that beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, uh, outside of like an incredible performance against the Chiefs, was already kind of like teetering on their last legs. Right. They, they probably they wanted to blow the team up, but they kept winning. Right. Right. And that's it. So, so you're paying for it in the in about three different directions. You got the lack of preparation and process and continuity. The bills are coming due from for perpetuating a dynasty, and then yeah. COVID, <laughs> like it's it's a real thing, and and other teams are other teams are struggling from that too, and that's fine. It's all good. I mean, honestly, I'm glad we're still talking about it. I'm I'm I don't feel I don't know. I don't have a problem with any of this. Like, would I rather them win? Yeah, totally. But but for this year, I don't really have a problem with it. You know, this team is going to improve too. You can see spots. Where I'm they're, actually afraid they're of that. Figure it out, <laughs> and they're going to improve. But much like the Matt Castle team, they're not going to improve enough. They're going to run out of time at the end, and unless these guys start like mentally checking out, right? Because they're veterans and they get worked hard in that building, and they're just like, man. I mean, like Jules. Jules was playing hurt, and then somebody was like, listen. What are you doing? Time to shut it down, dude. Take get your surgery. What are you dragging your leg around? Get your surgery and recover. Maybe get another contract. You know, like right. Don't you don't put your body in line for this well, team. Well, it's going to come down to that kind of stuff. So, so, but to your point, if they keep playing hard for sixty minutes, they're going to get some teams either on a bad week, or they're going to get those breaks, or they're going to cause those turnovers. That's just the way it will be if they keep it in the hunt. And if they shut it down and quit, I mean, again. This isn't forever. It's the NFL. You have a ton of cap space. Even good teams can go south real quick. Look at the 8-0 Patriots last year, who I think are, what, 6 and whew, 15 since then? <laughs> Holy cow. I guarantee you that all the guys in that locker room still believe that they're they're going to get it on track. Totally. And, and until that until that switch is flipped, they're like, wow, like, we're not going to do the it. Others, like they they yeah. believe that they're figuring it out as we speak. Yeah. And we have, ne- we have never seen a Patriots team coached by Bill Belichick, you know, that has, like, given up. Right. And it'll be interesting to see how he handles it when guys start coming off with phantom handy injuries. And, you know, like, does he let up on them? How does he go about that? You can, you can read the tea leaves with him and the way that he – you know, communicates through his press stuff and how he's like reacting to things. It's 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 compelling, man. It's fascinating. Yeah, he's given us a lot more than he used to, um, which is not a lot, but he used to give us nothing. So it's kind of fun to hear. Let's get off the trying to figure out the blame on like, you know, who's better, who's worse. Let's try, like, we're not going to fire Bill Belichick. Why would what, I mean, who's saying that? To take his like. Because people are looking for heads to roll right now because we're Patriots fans and we deserve more than this. And I want to be entertained. And, you know, I want look at the effort. You got to hold on to the ball. Like, these people. Right. Well, think about this, too. It, what, which is. Process. It's easily. It's easily the least diehard fan base in Boston just by virtue of one, when the, pro, when the program was started, 1960, which was way late compared to the Red Sox and the Bruins, and even the Celtics. And then also, they were terrible, with the exception of the Super Bowl 20 year, until 1994. 
So their thir- first 34 years of existence, they were horrific. So the, all their fans, sorry, 79% of their fans aren't real, aren't real football. They're not real Patriots fans. They're, 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 they're fans of winning. So you're gonna, we're going to get some room here on the bus, and that's okay. Um, you know, whereas Bruins fans, I mean, honestly, there's about 45,000 of them, and 18,000 of them go to the Garden every night. You know, that's how it works. Right. But they're diehard. Yeah. Patriots fans are not Bears fans. They're not Patrick Packers fans. And I, I'm a Patriots fan. I can say that. Like, we all, we all got a lot more proud when we started putting banners in the rafters, myself included. But, listen... The Steelers, again, they're 7-0. and They were horrific last year. And everybody forgot about last year because they're good this year. And if, the, if you believe in Bill, you believe in the process, you believe in the system, they're probably going to be good next year or the year after that. It's just the way it is. And that's, that's a good thing. Mikey Reese had a great line. He said, like, it's 1992 all over again. No fans and no touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say it better than that. Hey, let's segue real quick. I don't want to do it right now, obviously, because you're in the truck, but we are overdue, overdue for a football season, uh, kitchen quarantine, tailgate style. Yeah. So, so I got to put that bug in your ear. We got we to gotta get that one on sooner than later. Yeah, I'm in. You know, I just did a nice Halloween uh, menu. We had a, you know, everybody's doing little family pods and stuff. We've got our families that we hang out with. I did... Um, you know, meatballs and red sauce, and I did uh, stuffed pumpkins with tomato cheesy rice and all these multicolored roast carrots. And yeah. It's just nice to cook for a crowd, you know, like this, like cooking for dinner at night, uh, you know, or meal prepping or weeknight stuff. It, it's like work, you know, like it's like I can still make some nice stuff and be happy with it, but I'm squeezing it in between work and bath time and bedtime and you know i go to bed at like nine o'clock at night so i only have so many minutes right in my day and to to menu plan and shop and cook a feast for an occasion really felt nice i was gonna and say uh, we're, we're at a point where that's got to feel good i mean we were talking about yeah, we were no, talking about no sports, no nothing as recently as, you know, three and a half months ago. And yeah, things are worse. And yeah, we're just all kind of grinning and bearing it more. And maybe that's not a good idea. But yeah, I mean, that's amazing. You get to have a real Halloween feast. That's fantastic. We did, a, yeah, we did a little thing, a couple families. And we, you know, we set up like a family, like a candy scavenger hunt in the backyard with the kids with flashlights and. Yeah. We had a nice dinner, and we let him eat a bunch of candy and watch like a you know a Great. ghost-themed uh, Chippendale, Alvin and Chipmunks, and uh, oh. the kids had a great time. We did a little neighborhood walk to look at decorations. When you said Chippendale, and, uh, I'm thinking about Chris Farley and Patrick Swayze. My bad. Yeah, we watched that on the iPad in the kitchen while they uh, watched the other ones. Good, so, good, yeah. good. But well, hey, listen, everybody, <laughs> you can follow Jeremy Mancookgood at Mancookgood on Instagram. The Instagram is always on fire. Literally and figuratively. We'll get a Kitchen Quarantine Part 14 soon. This was the Sports Jerks. Listen, folks, even if the sky is falling this year, who cares? We're watching sports. It is what it is. I don't know. Whatever. Live your life. It's fine. Gentlemen, I'm not sure if this is going to be like the most listened to pod ever because it's not not about the election or if it's just going to fall into the dustbin of podcast um, 
history because it's not about the only thing that everybody's obsessing over every minute of every day. It's somewhere in between. I've been listening to non-election content, uh, but I'm like, I've been kind of doing that for four years. So yeah, guys, <laughs> I don't know what other people do. Listen, I call dramatic soccer games from all over the world because you know what? Why not? I'm watching the game anyway. There's a lot of stuff to talk about that doesn't make you incredibly angry and or depressed. Like what's going? Like again, tomorrow's day, the election. There's not a single person out there who's not a single reasonable person out there who's super excited no matter what because they know tomorrow's not just like a one day thing. This is going to be a thing, everybody. Year well, two thousand. We'll year two thousand. Hanging chats. Hold my beer. Twenty twenty. Level eleven. There are there are several states that are really important that uh, tally their mail in ballots at the same time. Correct. As correct. The, um, and if those states, if any one of those states breaks for Biden, it's pretty much over for the clown. And if Texas goes blue, which there's a lot of indications that it might, um, based on turnout, then it's over by, you know, dinner time. So, well, I just don't feel like this year is going to give us that kind of easy ending. We'll so we will see. But anyway, folks, if it comes down to Pennsylvania, I think it's over and we're going to the crooked Supreme Court and um, I think we're in a lot of trouble. But if Pennsylvania is not what we're leaning on, then we may very well get a result by dinner time and uh, or by bedtime. My yeah. dinner time. I was going to say your dinner time, my bedtime on the West yeah. Coast, the best coast. All right, JJ, stick around for a minute. We will catch up. Everybody again, follow JJ at man cook good. Follow the freestyle for God's sakes at filibuster freestyle. And uh, subscribe to the show, rate, review, all that good stuff. Deezer, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever they call it now. We're on it if they got it. JJ, thanks a lot for being on tonight. My pleasure. Thank you.